You're listening to the Ascension Roundtable podcast, your go-to show for Catholic ministry shop talk. Episode 4, Balancing Your Inner Mary and Martha. When you work in ministry, the job is never done. So how do you make yourself hit pause on your to-do list and take some time for prayer? Tom, Colin, and Alan share their personal struggles with this tension, and then they share what's worked in their lives to help them ground their ministry work in a strong relationship with Jesus Christ. Stay tuned. Hello and welcome to the podcast. <laughs> I thought I'd change it up a little bit today. Um, hello, everybody. We're back with the Ascension Roundtable podcast. My name is Alan Austin. We have Tom McCabe. We have Marisa Beyer. And Colin McIver is not here. So we're going to talk about him while he's gone. Just kidding. He'll be joining us shortly, though. Tom, you, you want to say something? Yeah. Do I talk now? Okay, I'll talk now. Uh, wow, that, that's kind of a booming voice you got there, Alan. I didn't know you could actually project like that, but um, yeah, that's pretty impressive. Using the old diaphragm. <laughs> diaphragm. diaphragm. <laughs> to project How my low voice. can you go? <laughs> that's good. That's yeah. good. What's well, great to be here? You know, you're looking, you're looking dapper there. I'm feeling dapper. I had a good night's sleep. You know. It's good, yeah. man. It's Tuesday. It's snow on the ground. There he and is. I tell you. Okay. We, uh-huh. psh, psh, psh. He's, been, he's been. Here he is. Here he is. He's, oh, Colin's coming Colin's in. Here. He's Colin's piping here. in. <laughs> yeah, there he is. What's up? Ah, my bearded hey. friend. How's it going? It's going well. We're uh, looking good. We just opened up and we were going to talk about you while you were gone, but you came in too soon, <laughs> so we didn't get a chance. <laughs> Now, I think this is interesting because, uh, you know, our listeners can't see, but Alan is in Philadelphia and he's got this dinky little T-shirt on. <laughs> right. Colin is in Louisiana. Right. And, and I'm bundled up. And, yeah, and you're is. bundled up with a sweater and a coffee in hand. <laughs> I mean, it's sort of interesting. So, uh, you know, and I am I am out here in um, Atlanta in my underwear. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm just sitting here and. <laughs> You are, but it's covered, thankfully, by yes, other clothes. That's right. That's right. True. Well, good. We're glad you could join us, Colin. Glad I can so make it. I got the, um, I'm going to share the listeners. Can I read your text that you sent me, Colin? That, yes. Okay. And now I've gotten some pretty strange texts from, like my wife uses voice to text all the time. And so she'll send me things voice to text and it interprets her voice wrong and sends me, you know, funky things. But this one was special. This one, I, I could not, I was trying <laughs> to decipher it and it was just puzzling. So here's, here's what I got. Sent a note, dot, 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 retirement party, I, period, the lounge, period. <laughs> <laughs> Making an appearance in the period. Running over. And then, and then no punctuation. <laughs> so what, what did that Sorry. actually... Decipher this for us, Colin. Well, one thing I don't know if I've shared with y'all is that I, I do a lot of um, a lot of slam poetry. Um, <laughs> so I'll, I'll go into a coffee house and I'll, I'll basically, you know, read an autocorrected text as a, 
you know, as something poetic. And no um, so I was, I was just, just sharing poetry. I mean, it had nothing to do with actually being played or anything like that. So, so no, no, I, be was, <laughs> so some, I, I was trying to uh, discreetly text. There was um, a, reti- a retirement speech. Um, somebody in our accounting department um, is retiring today. So I, I, ne- I felt like I needed to uh, make a, you know, a graceful make appearance and say my goodbyes sure. and such. Gotcha. <laughs> okay. But, but yeah, the, the text definitely, you know, retirement party. I, I think what I was trying to say is that existentially we need to retire from, you know, from our, our worries and our anxieties and focus on the Lord that was, I hope you got that message loud and yeah. clear. That's exactly how I took it. It totally came across. Yeah. Yeah. The lounge. I mean, which is, it's kind of to say that, um, you know, it's, it's, it's like the eschatological banquet is like the lounge of the Lord's goodness or something. <laughs> And you, you can hear this, the school things going on now, yeah. too, that I think the uh, the, the bell's going off. The Lord's calling. I apologize for that. You should probably take that. This, this podcast is real. <laughs> yeah, this is, That's yeah. right. Oh, man. So what are we going to talk about today? Have we? So we we're going to talk about um, leadership in the interior life. And more specifically, mm. the interior life for Beautiful. leaders. So, oh, well, I, I really haven't studied a lot of internal medicine before, Alan. So I, I don't know if I'll have a lot to to add to you know uh, leadership and internal. You know, just take two aspirin and call me in the morning, Tom. Gotcha, gotcha. But that's not what you mean. The that interior is, life, right? Yes, as in prayerfulness, as in your interior mm-hmm. life, your relationship with Christ. Um, I know both of you guys have actually read a book um, that I am currently reading. Um, I don't know if you guys want to share about that at all. If this, um, Colin, this topic came from, from that perhaps, or, or something around that or, um, or not. Yeah, (laughs) sure. I kind of lost my train of thought there. Gosh, what is the book called? Is it, is it the soul of the apostolate? That's it. Thank you. That's a powerhouse. Yeah. One one of the great, the great spiritual classics. That's what you guys are saying. Many a pope has slept with it at his bedside. I started reading yep. it, and then I um, I started reading something else, and it was a much easier read. And so I haven't picked <laughs> up Soul of the Apostolate back up yet, so I need to. All you have to do is put it underneath your pillow at night, and your interior life will improve. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you're right, Colin. You talk about a, a powerhouse. Um Dom Jean-Baptiste, right? Uh, Chatard. I hope I'm pronouncing that last name correct. At least that's the way I've always pronounced it. Um, But uh, yeah, I mean, like the last eight popes have highly recommended this, reading it. It, It's for me, it's really, uh, it's a, it's a a mainstay for me because I'm, I'm kind of Martha so often. If you're following the the biblical story of Mary and Martha or Mary being at the feet of, of Jesus and right. And, Martha is getting ready, uh, getting the dinner ready, and she runs around and basically, you know, the story where she goes to Jesus, aren't you concerned that she's not helping me? Tell her to get up and help me. And Jesus says, yeah, woman, be quiet. No, that isn't what he says. (laughs) He says, he goes, Martha, Martha, right? You're worried about many things, you know. Mary has chosen the better part and will not be taken from her. The reason why I bring that up is I think about that story all the time at my I, I am a Martha. I will always be a Martha. I, I, I want to get things done. I'm a mover and shaker and going through. And I, I love my philosophy. I love my theology, but then I want to do something with it. 
So I have exactly. to remember that all the time that I got to start. I got to, I got to, I got to sit at the feet of Jesus. And that whole book is the soul of the apostles. I'm sure um, Colin will be able to say much better than me, but if you want to do better apostolate, well, what's the soul of the apostolate? It's the interior life. <clears throat> Yeah, I think the the thing that stands out most to me is that this image that that comes from St. Bernard of Clairvaux of of a reservoir rather than a channel in ministry mm. to uh, to be to be filled up that it, it's so easy to to spend all day even talking about Jesus. You know, we can be theolo- theologizing eloquently, but to never take time and actually sit at the feet, feet of Jesus or even in our prayer lives to be to be sort of hurried um, that the soul of the apostle, it really points us back toward, um, toward that, that spirituality of, of really being, being filled by the Lord, of actually being a disciple, that a disciple who, uh, who sits at the feet of Jesus, um, is, is one who actually listens to his voice, who really sits in his presence. Um, so, so that's, um, you know, sort of, sort of the thrust of it. Yeah. I think, you know, at least for me working in the church, <clears throat> there were times where, you know, it gets so easy to where you just think, man, I got, especially when you spend all day like planning a retreat or planning a talk or planning a, a an event of the church. And so you're, you're, um, you're, like you said, you're talking about Jesus and you're planning things about Jesus. And so, um, mm-hmm. you know, you're reading the catechism, you're reading scripture and, and then, so your prayer life begins to suffer and you think at the end of the day, you're like, oh, I spent like seven hours today doing nothing but, you know, planning for this, this series or this talk or whatever. And, but you spend no time in prayer. And then I think what happens, at least for me is I start to dry up because I don't spend any time actually praying. I just spend time talking about praying. And instead of, you know, my ministry, my ministry being an extension of my prayer life, prayer just was just something I did for my ministry. Like, Oh, I really gotta go pray about this. And so I'd run to the chapel, spend some time in adoration, praying about a certain topic or something, but then not praying about just, just having that time alone with the Lord, just he and I, and just, you know, having that intimacy, and then, you know, if somebody were to ask for my advice, they never do. But if somebody were to ever ask for my advice, <laughs> you know, about um, ministry work in the church, I would say that your ministry should come from your prayer life, you know, the interior life, your prayer life, and then your ministry should come from that, like overflow out of that. Like you said, it should be a reservoir, not a, mm-hmm. not a channel. That's a much, much more eloquent, eloquent way to say that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think um, probably a lot of our listeners can can relate to this to this thread that. Um, so I, I, I teach at a school that's it's an archdiocesan school here in New Orleans, but we come from from the Benedictine tradition. You know, so we were founded by Benedictine sisters and um, in the 1960s, it sort of uh, transitioned into an archdiocesan school. But but we try to um, try to still have a, a very practical Benedictine way of going about things. And, and really what we try to instill here is this sense of balance. So, um, kind of adapted from the rule of Benedict prayer and work and study and community. Um, and you know, Benedict of course, just even simplifies that further. It's aura et labora, pray and work. Um, Mm. but, but that balance is so hard in modern life. It's one of those things that's just easier said than done. And if, if we don't get intentional about it, if we don't have, um, you know, in, in, in the monastery, the orarium, the, uh, the the schedule the the rule of life if if we don't have that for ourselves and our ministries it, it, especially now that probably many of you who are listening some of you may be in religious orders and you've got that kind of built in um, you have a superior to report to who's going to take care of your interior life but many of us who are lay people who are in ministry it, that's not built in you know that um, 
you, you have a spiritual director, hopefully that you meet with, and that might be once a month, twice a month, but the actual way and rhythm of your, uh, of your day is something that you're going to have to, uh, you're going to have to make some decisions. How's that going to work? Um, and so there, there are different spiritualities in the church. So I was talking about how here we have, uh, you know, kind of, we've, we've taken the mold of, of Benedict's way. Um, but I think it's, it's a good idea for, for one to, um, to look to a spirituality in a way in the church that, that, that is helpful for you. It may be a little bit of a hodgepodge, you know, maybe, maybe you could take like some sort of internet quiz. Like I'm 65% Franciscan and 42% Ignatian and no, but, I, but there, there's so much, so many great spiritual masters in the church and, um, maybe your spirituality is a little more McCabeanite. Um, so speaking of, uh, Tom, <laughs> Tom McCabe just gave a workshop called, should I pray or should I serve now? Tom, um, what, what were some of the insights that, that you were sharing at your workshop? Did you well, see actually, that workshop, Tom, or was it a, would you speak it or was it sung? It was, yeah, it, you know, it was a concert actually, you know, it, uh, I, I always, you know, I try to lip sync to the clash, you know, should I pray or should Tom I and let that? me know. Yeah, exactly. Should I pray or should I serve now? No, um, thanks, Colin. Um, I appreciate you giving me a minute here because I know I got to bug out in a moment, but that was a talk that I gave and uh, I was juxtaposing Mary and Martha, right? And we all tend to look at Mary is she she chose the better part. That being said, Martha is also a saint mm-hmm. in the church. So there are things that we can learn from her as well. And uh, she was apparently a woman of 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 great prayer, and she certainly uh, resonated with the Lord. We see later on in in the in the gospel when Lazarus, her brother, dies. Right. And what does Martha runs out and says, I, I believe you are, uh, you know, uh, the savior. So uh, on that note, uh, there, she has a deep level of faith. Uh, so we have to understand these two. And I like what you talked about regarding like, finding a spirituality, Colin. I think we guys need to continue to talk about that. Also, this idea of of balance, uh, how important it is to have a balance between prayer and work. And I used to Again, for me, because I'm 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 so such an A type personality, and I'm on the go. I used to think, okay, I'm, I'm walking the tightrope, right? Getting across. I'm going to Jesus, and okay, I've got to pray, but I've also got to work, and I've got to pray. I've, I've prayed enough today. Now I better work, and I've worked enough. Now I better go back and pray. And that has, was always this torn feeling inside of me, and I, I kind of change the analogy to, okay, I've got to get across. I'm, I'm taking this tightrope. I'm going across. And if I keep my eyes fixed on Jesus ahead, right, that, that is my prayer life. I, I have to get across. If I, once I take my eyes off of Christ, guess what's going to happen? I'm going to fall. If I have to get some work done, I need to stay focused on Christ. And he is my balance. He is, he is my focus. And that's where I am headed. Uh, and so, really, the work is getting across, but the entire goal is Christ. Uh, the focus is Christ. The way I get across is Christ. I don't know if that makes sense, but oh, it sure does. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That analogy has helped me a ton to be able to slow down in my daily moment instead of saying, "Okay, am I giving Jesus enough time today?" Well, certainly, every morning I get up and I try to pray the Rosary and I have my meditation, but. Throughout the day, what I'm doing is I have to pray. I have to keep talking if I want my work to be efficacious. So Mm -hmm. um, that's sort of the analogy that I try 
to live by throughout all of this. And I loved your idea of the reservoir. I mean, I mean, the analogy that's in that book, uh, in that book also, uh, there's another analogy that hit me, uh, hugely. It's about our prayer life is like, uh, the interior life is like the heart, whereas our work is like the hand, right? Mm-hmm. And it says in there that the heart is an organ far more noble, far more necessary than the arm. In the same way, contemplation is much more excellent and perfect and deserves a far greater esteem and uh, than than the arm, right? Uh, mm-hmm. The heart goes on beating, folks, right? Uh, day and night, doesn't matter what we're doing. The hand is important because at some time during the day, we'll, we'll pick, we want to pick something up, right? And it moves things from time to time. But which one is more necessary, right? Both are important, but um, the the heart doesn't necessarily need the arm. The arm needs the heart in order to function, if that makes right. sense. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and those are some analogies that have helped me in my life. And those were some of the ideas that I was sharing in this presentation that I gave. And then we started diving in practically, okay, how do you do this and, and that sort of thing. But just to give it a context, that it's not that Martha was, was better than, I mean, Mary was better than Martha. We, 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 we live an active life and we live a contemplative life, right? I always think of it as like, I try to be docile to what the Lord is telling me, but then I have to have a fierce resolve to do something with what he's given me. Right. Right. But then but then I don't I don't achieve what I'm wanting to achieve. So I need to go back and surrender this to the Lord and allow him to make sense out of my day. And then I take that and I go back into the fight in a sense. So it is it's it's both. And it's keep keep focusing on what as I'm walking the tightrope, what's ahead of me. Um, and he is my focus. He is my balance. But the job is I need to get across. I need to get across mm-hmm. this chasm. So uh, yeah, so that those were just a, a couple of thoughts that uh, came to my mind. Um, and, and the other thing I was talking, I spent a little bit of time talking about, and I'll leave it with this, is um, really what's happening in the body, actually, chemically speaking, when we pray, oftentimes versus when we actually are in, in action. Many times, a personality like me, I like doing things. I like getting things done. And when, I, and I, when I'm striving towards something, there is a release of dopamine that's in, that's, put inside of our body and that the dopamine is we all it's a drug it's it, it, it's that a sense of accomplishment and and so when i'm striving for something dopamine gets dripped into the body which is great and and that's why i want to get things done right um uh, that's all well and good but i i find myself in a sense i can come become addicted to the dopamine that's being released in my body because i can check off something else being done okay you know what i prayed today Got that done. Did my rosary. Got that done. You know, and I actually write things down so I can check them off. Right. Well, that's that's all well and good. But ultimately, who is that serving? Whereas when I pray, um, there's another release of a, of a uh, I would say a much more important you know chemical in the body, which would be a serotonin, which is that bonding agent that's released in our bodies, and the importance of of praying so that these 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 chemicals can be released in which actually connects us to the person, Jesus Christ, that actually will help us to strive to get done what we want to get done. And then God will give me the dopamine. So I'm, I'm just giving you kind of a teaser on that. But uh, in, in the presentation, I walk through really what's happening inside of us and how important it is 
to pray and how our God, our bodies have been designed by God, um, uh, that when we pray, we are filled up and we're giving the nutrients, so to speak, of what we need in order to go out and do better service. Hmm. That's cool. That's like another podcast. I want to hear that. Mm. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Me too. But I'm with you, Colin, about spiritualities. I'll, I'll be, pass it back over to you guys and then I'll jump off is that finding the spirituality that works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's McCabe. He's going up never again. Go. <laughs> uh, but we each need to find the spirituality that works for us, right? Yep. And uh, it doesn't uh, – God, it isn't a technique. Prayer isn't so much a technique as much as it is a continuation of just striving, mm. right? It's a striving. Uh, it isn't like, look, I've got to do this technique and this one, you know. No, um, it's more about being in the presence of the Lord and working toward it. Because as we learn, as, as the great spiritual uh, heroes have told us, uh, over time, you do less and Christ does more. So it, you start, you're, you're getting the wheels running, but after a while, it's, it's Christ who's, riding the bike right mm-hmm. and you're just sitting there for the ride if that makes sense mm-hmm. so yeah I've, I've really in the last couple of weeks i've been thinking a lot about just the, the basic flow of liturgy that the liturgical life of the church is essentially all about that um that uh the liturgy is the work of the whole christ um pope benedict reminded us and that whole Christ. Well, there's Christ the head and there's Christ the body. And, um, last week we celebrated the feast of the conversion of St. Paul. What was his, his great insight there on the road to Damascus? Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And in his head, he thinks, well, I never even met this Jesus guy. Well, wait a minute. Perhaps it's the body of Christ. It is, it is these Christians, you know, that for, uh, for, for the years of his, his sort of post-conversion formation, he really steeped in that mystery. And so a lot of the New Testament is made up of this really liturgical insight that there's this work that happens that comes to the altar and flows forth from the altar. Um, just it, it's this, this beautiful mystery. And so if you're looking for, well, where do I find this balance between, between prayer and work and active and contemplative? Um, it's right there at the heart of Christian life. It's, it's, it's the liturgy that I walk in there every Sunday and I bring my efforts with my uh, amnesia-ridden self, <laughs> where those areas where I've sort of forgotten um, who I am and what I'm really doing, and then the the, the love story is is told to us again, where we we rediscover who we are, we we reconnect, and then we make uh, we make the humble offering of our prayer, our work, our joy, our suffering, and when that offering is brought forward, the transformation takes place. That this offering of the body is transformed. Um, and, and Christ, the whole Christ is present. And then what do we receive? We receive Jesus so that we can go forward and, and it's really Christ's work that happens. And that's, that's the work of the, that's the journey of the whole church. That's the, the flow of our liturgy. That's what's happening from now and into eternity. And so in our interior life, it's, it's the same thing that, that we make that offering. Um, some, some of the most basic Christian, Christian praying that we could do at the beginning of each day is just to unite our works and our joys and our sufferings to unite them with the holy sacrifice of the mass as it's offered throughout the world. That's um, a prayer wow. that, yeah. that really, <laughs> um, you know, is, is so, is so kind of, kind of basic, but, uh, yeah. but it, it really stands at the core. So, so yeah, all of this, I think, I think flows together at the, at the really heart of, of all of it. And of course, if you're listening and you're in a ministry job, um, in some ways it's, it should be easier because, well, the work is the work of the church. So it, it explicitly is, um, 
but there's almost a little bit of a, of a trap there, and that's kind of what Soul of the Apostle right. is about, that if you're doing right. the work of the Lord, well, the enemy just would love nothing more than to turn mm-hmm. you into uh, to one who does so hypocritically or one who does so without reference to the Lord. So, um, yeah, I, I, uh, I think this, this is a very, a very important topic. Um, Mr. McCabe, it seems like you, uh, Are you duty calls. Up? You're signing off. He's, I'm, he's, I'm, he's I'm hop, hopping up. in, hopping into a phone booth if you can't see, and then as his appearance, <laughs> chest, he's about to fly. <laughs> Always good to chat with you guys. Yes, sir. thank you. And great to chat so much. With you. And thank you, Marisa. We'll 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 we'll, we'll pipe in the next time. Thanks. All right, see you, bro. All right, now we can have some fun. <laughs> well, I. Am I allowed? Can yeah, I yeah, yeah. I was gonna, in? I was gonna try and get your attention if you wanted to say something. Actually, let me just. I don't know. Am I, am I on? Am I can, I, can I can hear you. Hear me? Okay, I'm the producer. I, I should can. know how to work this. <laughs> 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 I just get a kick out of saying that. <laughs> as, as long as you know how to pray, the work is really secondary. So. <laughs> well, I, I just wanted to share. I. Um, so I was listening to another podcast. That's that's my homework. But this one particular podcast, um, I guess I, I can mention it, Catching Foxes. Um, and they were interviewing um, a young man who, um, and I, I promise this will make sense in a, in a moment. It might seem like off the walls. Um, but this young man who is um, a fervent Catholic, he um, has served as a um, in ministry in various capacities, um, and he was interviewing uh, or was being interviewed anonymously about his um, his struggle with sex addiction. And one of the things and I, I know this sounds really random that I would bring this up, but he was talking about um, the kind of disintegration of his life in ministry mm. and his personal struggle with sin. And I bring this up not because I think everybody has um, addiction, but we all sin. And there certainly are, are people who work in ministry who are um, experience difficulty. They don't even want to pray because they're ashamed of the sin in their lives. And it's really hard to confront that because you feel like a hypocrite. And that's why, um, Colin, this jogged my memory and I wanted to share this. Um, one of the points that this young man shared is that a lot of us know about Satan the tempter and so we are focused on trying to fight Satan the tempter but once we've sinned in whatever way shape or form then we're fighting Satan the accuser and mm. Satan the accuser tells us you're not good enough you are a hypocrite you are a sinner you can't do this ministry you don't deserve to do this ministry God can't use you and and this young man was saying that that is that is a Satan that many people working in ministry are confronted with and they're not prepared to deal with. And I thought that that was that was something I had never really thought of. And I just wanted to bring that up. And I'm going to turn my mic off and let you guys talk about that. Now, <laughs> no, that's I mean, what a huge gift that that man's story is to people out there because that's just a t- such a lie you know like in, and i think you're right we're all sin we all get are trapped in something where, where satan's telling us you could you shouldn't do this this is, see you're not good enough you can't do this this is why and you just proved you just proved my point by doing whatever it was you know you did and um yeah we just gotta recognize that that's not true you know it's just that that is a lie of the enemy and 
And, um, you know, when we're tempted, it's to me, it's always a, t- a time to bring Christ into that moment. Like I can look at temptation and I can either, um, try and, you know, and just turn away and, 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 and abstain or be strong against it. Or I can say, okay, I'm, I'm recognize it and bring Christ in the moment and say, I'm tempted right now. This is a chance for me to, to come to Christ and to bring him into this moment and let him deal with this with me in the situation, you know? And so it really changed the way I looked at kind of fighting those spiritual battles and the fact that instead of it being a, a something I had to do on my own, that it was a chance for me to be, to be with Christ and to be closer to him in those, in those moments, you know? Yeah, no, I, I, that temptation, um, so tricky. And I, I really, I, I think that idea of Christ, um, Christ focusing us constantly on the father. So I, th- I think about the scene in, in, in passion of the Christ where Jesus is being tempted and, um, constantly he, he just doesn't even look like he, he won't look at, at, at the temptation. He won't look at the tempter. Instead, his eyes are focused on his father. And I, I think, yeah, that that's, that's what we ought to do, you know, re- resist the devil and he will, and he will flee. Um, that, that focus on Christ is, is so important. And, and also, yeah, that, the, the, the devil, I, I often will say, um, you know, to, to teens, I'll be like, if I were the devil and I'm not, despite the red hair and the, you know, maybe the horns, the beard the and the horns and all that. Yeah. Um, but what I would do is I, I would, I would really just just whip you into a frenzy to get you to to give in to a temptation. I would draw your attention. I would play on all your insecurities. I would find the thing that you think you want most. I would inflate some truths and deflate others. I would come at you with 75% truth and 25% lie, or maybe I'd even come at you with 95% truth and 5% lie, but the 5% lie would be fatal. And then once I had you, as I would I would say, told you so. Mm. No, and um that's that there's also that subtle difference that the Holy Spirit convicts us of our sins. Um, that when we come face to face with God, when we our, our eyes are, are open to Christ, we we know our sins. Um, but there's a big difference between conviction and condemnation. That the the voice of of Christ is the voice of of conviction. That when when we see our sins in Christ, um, we, we receive encouragement, you know, just think about the encounters that Jesus has with sinners in the gospel that we, um, in having a a sort of deflated image of like a, you know, a a nice guy, Jesus, we assume Jesus is like, Oh, your sins are no big deal. Come follow me. But it's not that it's that Jesus causes us to confront our sinfulness. And then he separates us surgically from it. He cuts us away from our sins. Um, the woman caught in adultery, um, who, is there at the feet of Jesus. He's not like, Hey, does no one condemn you? Well, all right, we'll just keep doing what you're doing. Cause it's fine. I'm Jesus. I'm a nice guy. You know, it's that, that he, he says, um, you know, go now and avoid this sin. So, but the devil on the other hand, um, like he's just the master of, of, I told you so. And, um, that, that really, especially in, in ministry, this, this thing happens where, um, we, we have to form a split. We think, well, you know, I'm, I'm representing the church here. I'm going to be at this, uh, this meeting tonight and I'm, I'm going to be the one who's like standing up there and prepping people for their confirmation or their first communion or whatever. And then I've got this like terrible sin. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna split myself in half. And, and that, that's such a rupture in the interior life that, mm-hmm. that Jesus wants to heal. Yeah. And, and I think church workers are, are targets and we should pray for people who work in the church and especially for our priests and, and, 
and people in religious life, like they're just, they got a target on their head, on their back, you know? And so the enemy really wants to, wants to get to, to get to them, to, to scatter the flock. And so we just have to pray for those people and, 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 uh, remember that I don't forget who said it. Somebody said, and you were just kind of alluding to this, that, that Satan calls us by our sin, but Jesus calls us by our name. You know, but Satan's mm-hmm. always like this, you're, you're this, you're that, these, you're these sins, but we're not the sum of those, those decisions and those sins where we are, you know, Jesus calls us by our name and uh, just to, you know, remember that and find, find hope in that. I mean, another angle maybe to talk about here in terms of interior life would be, um, and, and Alan, you you got me thinking about it, just the angle of, of attack, you know, that I think probably a lot of us who are listening to this, um, if you're involved in ministry, you've probably experienced attack. If you're planning a retreat, um, <laughs> then all of a sudden you discover like, wow, I'm fighting with my spouse a lot more or, <laughs> um, you know, my, uh, my water heater blew up or, <laughs> or, or I don't know. Um, Alan, one day you and I were, were out in, in New Jersey at a training and I made this analogy that, um, let's see, I'll often sort of taking this off of C.S. Lewis, that Christianity is the good infection. Yeah, and I was yeah. making a point that, that we tend to be, we tend to be vaccinated to, to the gospel because we hear it in vague ideas and we need to be the resistance strain. And at the next break, I got a call from my wife that, that Zaley, my, my daughter had a resistant staph infection. I don't know if you remember that. Day. I do. Yeah, I totally do. Yeah. And thinking like, oh my gosh, and you know, the, the, of course I'm, I'm gone. Alan and I are doing our, our, our Tommy Boy routine. We're like driving in cars across the state. Um, we didn't, we weren't selling brake pads, or we were, you know, we were, we were missionaries of the gospel. But, um, but I remember, you know, of course, Amy and I try, trying not to, try not to fight, trying not to quarrel about it, trying not to. Um, you know, cause it, it's, yeah, in, in ministry that happens. So I think it's another reason for us to, to fortify ourselves. I would love to say, well, if you, here's, here's the magic rosary trick to shield yourself from all spiritual attacks when you're doing ministry. And if you just say your rosary at 9 22 AM and you know, there's <laughs> precisely, but, but it's, it, it goes with it. And, um, why does, why does God allow that to happen? I think, um, I think he knows, um, and that maybe this is a little bit of a vote of confidence in, in our cooperation and in his grace. Um, he knows that, that those struggles can, can actually, and will actually, um, unite us more to the cross and make us more effective. Um, so just as an encouragement to anyone who's listening out there, and if you're listening to this and you're like, man, like there's a lot going on in, in my own spiritual life and there are a lot of attacks in my own family, um, God doesn't call us to ministry because, because we're perfect. He calls us to ministry because one, because he loves us. Um, and, and knows that that participation in his work is, is good for the whole church and also good for you and for your soul. Um, but also he, uh, he knows, um, he knows what's good, what's good medicine for us. I mean, I, I guess that's, that's the core of what I'm trying to say here. Mm-hmm. I sort of lost my train of thought, but, no. um, but the, yeah, if, if, you've, if you've got those attacks, don't, don't fret. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> um, so with that, we're going to take a quick break and, um, we'll be back after uh, a note from our sponsor. We don't really have sponsors. I was going to say, who's our sponsor? <laughs> like a Doritos commercial or something coming on. Oh, was that a commercial? Cause I mentioned Doritos. I don't, we can I do not that? Sponsored on? No. By. Okay. <laughs> this podcast brought to you by 
Doritos, the crunchy snack. I don't know what their tagline is, their motto. <laughs> it's hard to live out your Catholic faith on your own. In fact, the Bible reveals that we need a community of people to help us on our journey of faith. If you're interested in finding that community by joining or starting a small group study, visit ascensionpress.com and sign up for a free Ascension account. With your account, you'll get all the tools you need to start walking with others towards Christ. All right, so welcome back, everybody. We're here with the Ascension Roundtable talking about the interior life, ministry, prayer, service, the attacks from the enemy, all that good and bad stuff. And I want to um, throw out a couple of questions for um, for Colin and Marisa here. I'm curious what uh, what your uh, if you have some sort of like a prayer routine, um, what that looks like, and how you uh, kind of navigate the things we've been talking about. Just some real practical day to day tips that you use to um, to kind of keep yourself uh, grounded in the interior life. Sure. So, um, like many who are perhaps listening out there, um, I'm in the stage of life where I have little kids and that affects your interior life quite a bit. Um, you know, before, before my son was born, I was certainly doing a large, a longer quantity of spiritual reading and, um, you know, there was more time to actually be still. So I've found ways to, to try to adapt to, um, to this particular stage of life where things are a little hectic, where um, when you go to mass, um, if you want to hear the readings, you you better read them beforehand. Um, <laughs> yeah. You better pray about them beforehand. And <clears throat> one thing that's become helpful to me in my own interior growth is um, is is building that dialogue with uh, with with Leo and Zaley, with with my son and my daughter, so that um, so that every morning. Um, before school starts, we have an opportunity to, to pray together as a family. So the four of us pray, we have a simple prayer. It probably takes, you know, five minutes to do, but it's probably for me, the, the, the spot of deepest, um, I don't know, of, of deepest connection, um, that, that I have all day. It's the simple prayer. And I think, I think Amy wrote it, uh, my wife, but she, we all pray together. We say, Jesus, I love you. Mary, I love you. Help us be more like you. And then we say, Hail Mary together. And then um, we have a devotion to St. Therese. She uh, was kind of the matchmaker of our, of our family. And so we say, little flower, little flower, show your power in this hour. Nice. And um, sometimes during that, so we, we have an opportunity to do that in a chapel. It doesn't have to happen in a chapel. Um, but in our like sort of flow of getting kids to school, we get the chance to do that. So sometimes um, afterwards they'll uh, – you know, the kids will be in the sacristy lighting the incense and um, other things. No, no, that hasn't quite happened, <laughs> but other things are happening. So that's, but that's one, one practical thing that I found is morning prayer and night prayer as a family. Um, and if you have little kids, you know that it can't be particularly long, but if you challenge yourself on a daily basis to, to sincerely pray the simple prayer that you want your children to pray, Jesus, I love you. Mary, I love you. Help us be more like you. That so simple. Mm-hmm. Um, so of course, um, even before that, when, when feet hit the floor in the morning, um, I just, I have a simple interior thing that I'll say is, um, is, is, is one, um, the Psalm 63 has always been a, a big one for me. Um, now 
I had a time in my life where built into my orarium was the liturgy of the hours. And if you pray the liturgy of the hours, you know, Psalm 63 is the one that comes up the most. Um, every, every Sunday week one, it's simply like, oh God, you're my God. And for you, I long. And for you, my soul is thirsting. And um, I try to really root my day. And what, what do I want today? Well, I, I want Jesus. Um, and uh, that's, that's sort of the, the start of the interior life. Another thing that I found, and <laughs> for busy people, um, I, I think there's definitely a, 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 an importance to, to staying physically healthy. So I've made myself um, a little bit of a challenge at a time when I was slacking. I said, if I have time to go to the gym, if I have time to run, if I have time to lift, I have time for a rosary. So I do what, um, this may be a little unorthodox, but I call it the kinetic rosary. So when I'm running, um, that's that's when my rosary happens. Now this may tailor to certain spirituality. Some people would say like, well, I can't do that. But I find that my most meditative rosary sometimes are, um, happen when my, when my feet are hitting the ground and, um, you know, that those, those five decades I have, you know, I have a good long time. My runs about a half hour and the rosary will usually last about 25 minutes of that, you know? So, um, that's, that's one thing that I found is, is to, to make things that are already active prayers. And I mentioned St. Therese earlier too, that if we look at all the great spiritual masters of the last 200 years, and we look even at, um, at, at some of the things that Pope Francis is currently saying in his audiences, that the way for, for modern life um, is, is to, to practice Christ's presence and to do small things with great love, to, to make the things that you're already doing into prayers. Um, so that I, I found, um, things that are like in my morning routine that I'm already doing, um, are, are open to being really prayerful moments, like setting up the coffee before I go to bed or, um, I, I lay out the kids' uniforms, uh, little things like that. I've, I've come to associate those and sort of train myself, myself that myself, that was kind of crazy. <laughs> Everyone's like, all right, this guy, um, <laughs> To, to train myself to make those things that are already happening prayerful moments. So, um, so I, I think the little way is where it's at for, for busy people. Um, also, you know, part of my, like my prayer diet would be, um, adoration and would be those stillness whenever that comes up. But I'll, I'll be honest that at this particular stage of life, um, those opportunities are, you know, that's kind of a treat, you know, to be able to sit still for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've, I've found that, I have to find sometimes contemplation in action, um, that that's, uh, that practicing the presence of Christ in, in daily life is important. Um, and then in, in liturgy too, to, to prepare for liturgy, One, having little kids has helped me to prepare for liturgy so that I, I'm, I'm more, I'm more engaged because if I wasn't intentional about it, I would just be, you know, chasing, uh, you know, chasing kids down the aisle before they like, try to climb up on the altar um, because they're, they're reading Romans. They're like, offer yourself as a living sacrifice. And they've, they've got it. <laughs> That's awesome. How about you, Marisa? Well, you're, you're telling the story about running and praying the rosary. And I'm thinking, Oh my goodness. Those are two of my <laughs> least favorite things to do. I know that that's terrible. I lose on so many, like I, I probably, everybody's like, what is this girl? <laughs> Why is she working for such a press? But it's, it's a kind of my deep, dark secret is that I, I really, I, I, I was sharing on another podcast that my personality type really dislikes repetition. So 
things that are really, really repetitive, I have a really difficult time with. So running and the rosary both <laughs> fall into that category. <laughs> but um, it's not to say that both of those things. Really? She didn't? <laughs> yeah, I mean, she, she did. Well, of course, she's got her two fam- She would fall asleep in chapel sometimes. So two famous things attributed to her. Um, one, I'm pretty sure she definitely did say, is um, what when she fell asleep in, in church or fell asleep during a rosary, what, what father would be disappointed if his child fell asleep in his arms? And the other reported thing falling asleep was um, sometimes the the physician does his best work when the patient is under anesthesia. <laughs> That's great. Nice. So I'm so sure a there, lot if, of our if listeners. If the rosary allows you to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I really like the scriptural rosary, um, and I like mm-hmm. praying a decade at a time. That's a lot. I find it that it's harder for my mind to wonder. Um, mm-hmm. So one thing that my my family always did growing up is we prayed in the car. Um, in Texas, you're driving a long time to get anywhere. (laughs) And so, um, when I was a little, little girl, we would, um, my dad drove us to, to school and then he drove to work. And so we spent half an hour, 40 minutes every morning in the car with him. And it was really precious time because, um, I think a lot of my spiritual growth came out of that simple time spent with him, um, and he had us memorize, he had us memorize a lot of the Psalms and wow. I've forgotten most of them, <laughs> <laughs> but one that, um, we prayed every morning and I still pray it every morning. And that's, I, I kind of feel like it's the anchor of my, my interior life is Psalm 100, um, which is crowd with joy to the Lord, all the earth, serve the Lord with gladness, come before him singing with joy. He is our God. We are, is his sheep. So the liturgy of the hours has, has always been really fruitful in my life. Um, it's routine, but I like the, ch- I, I like the movement of it. Um, so it helps me live the liturgical year, but then also throughout the day, just the ups and downs of life. Um, I can't, I don't have time to do all the Psalms sometimes, sometimes it's just one Psalm a day or two Psalms if I'm lucky, um, or Psalm at lunch or our psalm before bed um my family also prayed night prayer um the liturgy of the hours night prayer we prayed the the same version the same psalms every night we sang them together and so that's something that now we all when we come back together we do it but now it's something that you know my husband and i do that with blaze every night and um yeah so i guess the psalms for me have been an anchor well that's beautiful mm-hmm well, How about can, you, Alan? Well, I can admit this now that um, I've had a devotion to the rosary for some time, um, but I've never liked it. <laughs> so you are a much holier person than I am. <laughs> it, it, it's like penitential for me. <laughs> um, for the same reason, though, because I'm not a real structured kind of guy. And so, but I kept hearing, I love, um, you know, John Paul II is kind of one of my personal heroes. And so he was devoted um had devotion to Mary and to the rosary. And so I was like, well, man, if he did it, then I should try it. And so I would try it. And I found that my life was in a much better place when I was praying it. And so then I just decided I just needed to do it because it was like, I didn't enjoy it. And it was like this little bit of like that small bit of sacrifice for me. I know it's terrible. All right, fine. I'll (laughs) pray the rosary today. (laughs) 
But now working here, it's awesome because they have we have daily rosary every day at noon. So if anybody who's interested, meet in the conference room and we pray the rosary every day at twelve. So that has been like when I came up here to interview, that was one of the things that just sealed the deal for me. Was I came up and they said, "Hey, we're gonna pray the rosary at noon. You want to join us?" And I was like, "Heck yes! You guys do this every day?" And they're like, "Yeah." I'm like, oh, "I'm in. <laughs> I'm in." Um, so oh, it's awesome. just a great, yeah, it's a great blessing working for Ascension. One of the things. Um, but working in the church, you had, you know, chapel and tabernacle and adoration wasn't perpetual. We had adoration at certain times. And so I really, I really missed that. But I like having the, the a community to pray the rosary with instead of just on my own sometime during the day and try to, you know, find a, a time to work it in. And it's just kind of part of my routine now in the day. And so that's a good thing. Um, so uh, let's see. So for me, I am uh, much like you guys. I wake up. I don't have a lot of um, real eloquent um, <laughs> prayers. Uh, I just kind of get in the morning and I'm like, you know, hey, what's up? You know, like morning, Lord, like it's another day and another adventure in store. And I just kind of like try to recognize that today is a new day and it is going to be an adventure. And so what do you have? You know, what do you have in store for me um, today? Um, and try and look at the the way that the way the the day comes at me through that kind of through that lens. And that helps me kind of stay focused on like, like Tom was saying, helps me stay focused on Jesus throughout the day. Um, that way. So I just kind of get up and, and just tell him, man, I'm really tired today. <laughs> you have to take this because I'm not, I just want to go back to sleep God. <laughs> you know? So I just kind of get up and, and recognize, um, that he's God and I'm his and, uh, let's just face the day together kind of thing. Um, and then, uh, no one, I pray on the way to school and pray every day on the way to school together. Um, and, uh, I try and find some quiet time every day, whether it's, if it's in the morning or night or sometime during the day, just to kind of be quiet for at least for a little while on the days that I've, since I've started working at the parish as well, when I go to the parish, um, it's, I just go to the chapel and I just take 30 minutes and just go to adoration for a half hour. And so it's, that makes it, you know, a little easier because it's, it's just, just quiet in there. And so I can, I can go and. Um, but normally with the busyness around the house and the kids and the coming home from work and the dinner and baby to bed or the baby going to get up in the morning or, you know, we're, we're, um, it's, it's, um, we're trying to find that schedule of, of when we can pray together as a family, we've gone through stints where we've done really well and then periods where we don't do so well. And so we're really trying to figure out, a trying to find, um, the right balance of like time and what that prayer is and, and where it fits in the evening. And so we can kind of stay on a, on a good schedule as a family. So that's the one part we've just been kind of, kind of hit or miss of, of what we, whether we're doing a, a good job at that or not. So, so I, I, I'll echo that too, that, that we, we definitely have, we've struggled quite, quite a bit. And there, you know, there are times too, where it, it's easy, um, especially with in the age of social media to like, I don't know, you like troll your feed and maybe you have, other uh, ministry people on your, and then you, it, it looks to you like, oh my gosh, like all these other families, they're, uh, you know, they're, they're praying rosaries and their, their kids are kneeling on rice and you know, their, youngest has the sti- their youngest has like a stigmata or something. They're, um, they're like, man. And, and here we are like, you know, my kids Pass the like, Cheerios. getting, they've got like boogers on their rosary or something. I don't know. And, <laughs> I think um, that's, as we were talking about earlier, one of the devil's tricks is, is comparison. You know, I yeah, think yeah. Um, God's, God's pleased with, with the, the struggle, um, the struggle to find authentic and holy ways to, to raise our kids and, and to pray as a family. And, and that's, um, I think it's, it's good to know that um, 
Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll admit sometimes it, it's a mess, you know, I, I, there, there are great, I, you know, if I'm giving retreat talks, usually what I'll highlight is like things, things that my kids did that were like great moments of contemplation for me. But there are other times where it's like, man, like, you know, um, like Zaley, like ripped the hymnal in half one Sunday. And, uh, you know, there, there are times or, or this morning. So I was just sharing the story about our, our chapel and prayer time. And sometimes that goes really well this morning. Um, the entire prayer. So the three of us prayed, Jesus, I love you, Mary, I love you. Zaley's prayer this morning was, ah, <laughs> like she the whole time. a little sleep deprived. She's got a little runny nose, but I think it's good to know that, um, that prayer can happen in that mess. Yeah. And, um, when it's dry, I, Alan, I like your prayer when you got out of bed in the morning and just to say like, it's going to be tough. You're going to have to take this Jesus. <laughs> Um, so just for people who are out there, uh, I, I think that's maybe a good message to hear. Um, maybe everyone has out there is like, yes, well, my family is, um, <laughs> we, what are these guys we, doing? we levitate, um, <laughs> at the fourth decade of the rosary, but, um, but there's, there's, there's mess in there. Another thing I just wanted to say to you, cause we talked, talking about contemplation, um, this idea of action and contemplation is maybe, maybe a, a real concrete thing to do after this podcast is to just say to God, um, speak to me in the midst of the busyness and the mess. And, um, just to really pray to have eyes to see and ears to hear ways that God might be speaking to you. And that often for me is, you know, that it may be, it's stuff with my kids sometimes where, um, you know, they, they do. The kids will say some amazing things. If you work with teenagers, they'll say some amazing things. It'll catch you off guard if you're, if you're in tune to it. Um, if you're in tune to the way that, that God might be speaking to you in the midst of, you know, the mess and little, you know, sort of signs and signposts. Mm -hmm. uh, so just if you're, if you're like, man, I don't, I just don't have a whole lot of time to sit quietly and listen to God. But in the, in the midst of, in the midst of the mess, um, I don't know if it's like it's after mass and you're like signing people up for something like those are the moments maybe to say like, all right, speak God, your servant is listening. Or, um, this morning, um, in a meeting, we were talking about things that happened on the March for life. And, um, uh, Paula, our, our events manager was, was sharing with me just some stuff that happened on the March and it's, there's this big crowd and people are like all over the place. And, but there were, there were all these little ways that, that God was kind of speaking in the midst of that. So, so be open to that, um, to be a contemplative in action. If, uh, like, like many of us out there, if you find yourself busy and with a lack of, um, of time, some, some days to stay still, sometimes you just do need to stay still and just schedule it out and actually rest. Pretty sure that God wrote that into, uh, <laughs> the action, all of us, but yeah. Amen, brother. Well, guys, we uh, know that we're praying for you. Um, pray for us, please. Um, send us your comments and uh, any, any topics you'd like us to um, talk about. I'm actually going to go to the rosary here in 10 minutes, and I'm going to offer up today's rosary for all of our listeners today. And uh, so knowing you at least got that in, um, <laughs> everybody out there. And Does that um, count for me? <laughs> uh, sure. Do <laughs> um, you guys want to say anything before we close up? Well, I'm, I'm going to go lead a bunch of seniors and, and attempt to teach them a little bit about Lexio Divina in 10 minutes. So nice. uh, I will offer that up as well. <laughs> All right. All right. Then we'll see you next time. God bless. And, uh, and I know that we're praying for you and uh, we hope to join absolutely. you on another podcast. Absolutely. See you next time.